Hello and welcome. I am your host, Kirsty, and this is Leadership Odysseys. We're embarking on a mission to bridge the gap between aspiration and reality, offering a raw and unfiltered exploration of the behind the scenes challenges that shape true leadership. Join us as we share stories of resilience, turning points, and authentic human experiences that remind us greatness is a product of the entire odyssey, not just the destination. Well, I cannot tell you how excited I am to be sitting here this afternoon with Nikki Vo, or as some of you would know her by, the Boat Princess. Today, we have a remarkable journey ahead of us as we embrace a creative vision and explore how Nikki has become the architect of her own life. Nikki is a true visionary, an entrepreneur, and is dedicated to empowering women in the boating industry, which has earned her recognition as a leading figure in the global boating community. Today's episode is all about embracing your creative vision and becoming the architect of your own life, a theme that beautifully resonates with Nikki's remarkable journey. Whether you're in business, passionate about boating, or seeking personal development, Nikki's story will inspire you to design and build the life you envision. What's truly special about Nikki's odyssey is that every step has been dedicated to making others feel good. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired by this extraordinary entrepreneur as we embark on Nikki's journey and discover the secrets to crafting a life that's both fulfilling and impactful. Nikki, welcome to Leadership Odyssey's podcast, and thank you for joining the discussion today on Designing Your Life's Blueprint. No, thank you. It's an honor to be here. You're going to have to tell everyone because we are sitting on the incredible trinity, where we are today. (laughs) We're on my boat, yeah. (laughs) 58 feet of Fairline and, yeah, she's a gorgeous thing, isn't she? Oh, she is absolutely stunning and we could not pick a more perfect day to be sitting out here and recording in your office, the ocean. (laughs) It is absolutely stunning. Now, I do have to go back. So we met earlier this year. It was a dinner, a girls' dinner. Um, I love a girls' dinner. Love a girls' dinner. And as we like to call ourselves, I think it's the, the ladies that like to dine. Yes. Yeah. And I have to say it's been a pure joy to learn about your lifestyle that you lead. It is really unique. And today I really want to take people on that leadership odyssey of what only is not just so inspirational but a testament to the power of truly pursuing your passions So if I can, I want to ask you, as we dive into the open waters and reflect on your journey, where did it all begin? Gosh, where did it all begin? It began in five-star hotels. Five-star hotels. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I did a degree in hospitality management in the UK and I worked, the first hotel I worked at, you know, in a true role was at the Ritz in London. So I started at the top. You, I love that. 
really did start at the top. And <laughs> is this where your, I suppose, passion or energy, commitment to excellence really initiated? Yeah, I, I, I literally started at the top end of, of what service is. I, I, we had a careers day at our hospitality college and the Ritz were there and I literally, and I think this is one of my things that is, is about me. I literally walked up to them and said, I want to work for you. And they said, great, come in for an interview. And I went and had an interview with them in the suite that's in Notting Hill. You know when she's doing all those interviews in the suite in the Ritz? I was interviewed in that very suite. And the, thankfully the, the, the gentleman that I worked for there, Andrew Coy, was an amazing mentor and therefore he was a big part of how my world started as well. Yeah. And did you have your goals or your life plan at that particular point of knowing the direction you were going or was people like Andrew key influences in really guiding that path forward? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because he gave me a love of working in five-star hotels and specifically in the event management space because he was conference and banquet manager. So, oh, hang on. No, he was food and beverage manager at the Ritz. He was conference and banquet manager at the Grosvenor House and I worked for him there as well. Which is where all the, you know, the major BAFTA awards and all that, that's where they're held. So major, major events. And you really then got to meet some intriguing personalities along that path. I certainly did. Excellent. And tell me, far beyond the world of hospitality and that service excellence, where was that transition point for you in, in kind of guiding over into more of the boating industry? It's probably not the normal transition. We bought a marina. Well, as much as you can buy a marina. Marinas are always a lease, a long lease. So we bought the leasehold on the marina that I work with now and we have another marina now as well up in Lake Macquarie as well. So Empire Marinas Group is our business now. But I didn't I didn't get into it from the get-go. My husband and his business partner bought another marina before that. they bought that one and I didn't get involved in it until... It was actually during the GFC. There was a boat broker at the marina and he was struggling to pay the rent at the time because of the GFC. We didn't want him to go, so we said, let's bring you into the fold and make you part of the marina business. And he needed help to have some more structure and some more resources at that point. And I... My beautiful boys had got to a stage at school that I could step away from them a bit more than just my Venus Getaways business. So I said, well, I can come and help out. And Darren said, well, I can only pay you commission. I said, that's fine. (laughs) So that's what I did. And I'm assuming then being based off the commission, it probably was a really good challenge to get out there and thrive and get those sales through. Yeah, yeah, if if I didn't sell a boat, I didn't didn't make any money so (laughs) I had to sell boats we had to sell boats and so going from that transition from the hospitality world and then into the boating industry what were some of those challenges that you faced gosh I knew I didn't know much about boats when I started selling boats at all thankfully I was surrounded by some very supportive people that taught me those things but I also just continuously asked questions And interestingly, as a woman in the boating industry, 
you can get away with that more so, you know, the guys will be a bit more egotistical in, in not wanting to ask those questions because they think they should know them. Whereas I could get away with it a bit more and saying, what what does this mean? When mm. a report came in about an, a boat on a survey to the mechanic, I might say, okay, wh- what does this mean? And why is this an issue? And he would explain it to me in detail and I would learn and learn and learn and learn. So it was persistence. It was supportive people around me. And it was my usual way of thinking in life of I can do this let's do it give it a go yeah (laughs) did you ever felt any of that self-doubt come along that journey because self-doubt is prominent for so many people is that something that you've experienced I you I would be lying if I said I never felt self-doubt that everybody feels self-doubt but I do you know I, I used to look at people that would teach women in particular about their self-doubt, about their issues and blah, blah, blah. I say, well, God, these people are just raking money off people for, for teaching these women this. But I don't, I didn't realise how different I am in that regard because I don't, don't have that. So I'm very lucky that I have this sort of, this, this drive, this confidence, this just get on and do it type which I think comes from hospitality and, and event management. You have to solve problems continuously and you have to make it look as if nothing's gone wrong all the time when things are going wrong all the time in hospitality. But you have to be that duck gliding along the surface with a smile on your face whilst you're desperately paddling your legs underneath. That is fundamentally what event management is. And I think that is a skill set that I've taken right through. So I can be stressed as like really under the pump, but people don't see it because I'm just dealing with it, you know? Yeah, I think that's a, a very valid point. There is something about the hospitality landscape that no matter what is happening, whether it's personally, professionally, it is showing up and being able to give the best version of yourself exactly and bring right. energy into the room at that particular point in time. It is a, ve- a very powerful trait to carry through life though and to bring that into multiple industries. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we're working on a food and beverage floor, so when we're out on a restaurant floor, we can make a difference to somebody's full experience in that restaurant just by being a certain way and, and solving a certain problem and, and so on and so forth. And you can turn a situation around completely just by how you solve it. I love my uni students we have working at my bistro in at our marina at Bobbin Head, which is Waterside Bistro. They have come into our restaurant thinking, oh, you know, it's just hospitality. But, oh, my goodness, the skills that you learn in hospitality that will take you so far in life, I, I don't think anyone should ever underestimate having a, a weekend job in a cafe or a, 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 a job in a restaurant at some point in your lives I always recommend get into hospitality because you'll learn so much about people about problem solving about skills connection life skills yeah yeah 
Completely. I, very, very powerful point to be able to pass on to a lot of the aspiring leaders as they're looking at beginning their journeys that, you know, really taking on board. It's not just the role that you're currently in, but those attributes that you can really build and build a muscle by the time you're, you're kind of into that second or third decade of your leadership stories as well. I will go back to going into the, the boating industry and, you know, at a time that probably what there wasn't a lot of women that were, were going into that industry, probably more dominant from that male side. What was the, the challenge of coming in as, as a woman within a more male-dominant industry and how have you kind of taken that lens to empower women to really embrace the boating industry moving forward? Okay, big question. Big question. Let's break that one down. (laughs) So the boating industry is still very male dominated. As an example, I've just been to a conference in New Zealand, uh, which I presented, which was the MOA conference, which was, which is Marina Operations, uh, Marina Operations Association. So they, the the room is 85% male, Mm. guaranteed for a conference like that. Uh, If you're getting 15%, that's pretty strong. So, so well done, Ma. <laughs> but therefore, when I joined, that was 12, 14 years ago, it was even more so that. So when I went to my first conference, I remember there being like eight women there and 450 men. I immediately saw a need there, but I also noticed that Women don't think about the boating industry as an industry to go into. There's a lack of awareness there and that's what I wanted to change because it's an amazing industry to work in. When we get so many incredible opportunities being out on the water and on boats and around boats and and just that, that being near the water is good for you. So I wanted more women to experience that. So that's why I started on my journey of, of wanting to drive more women into our industry, but also drive women into boating as well because it's so good for you. Uh, I think from, you know, especially coming over the last few years of so many people working behind a laptop, even just being out here today, just that that feeling of, of energy that just drives through you, getting away from the office and the fresh air, the breeze blowing through your hair, everything about it, it, it is quite a unique and genuine experience for so many people and one that, you know, you're absolutely advocating. I suppose there would be a lot of questions for women as to where do you really start if you want to get into the boating industry? And what would be your advice to them if they don't know anything about boats but would love to envision a life on the water? Well, I think, I think the, the absolute best way of getting into boating as a young person, and I'm just opening the window on the side of the boat because it's quite warm in here, and it's, it does that. Isn't it cool? It's fantastic. The way the, the window slides down. <laughs> so <laughs> I would have done this myself if I'd known about it when I was a young girl and that is working on super yachts I would have absolutely got onto a super yacht and worked as crew or even better worked on outside crew because then you can go to captain if you stay in the stew space you're less likely to get to captain than if you work outside on a super yacht so that is an amazing way to get into the boating industry because they want young people with energy it's full-on it's hard work but it teaches you so much 
and it exposes you to so many different types of people and so many different problems to solve on that vessel that I think it's a really, really, really good way to start a career in the boating industry. And otherwise, I would say just go to a marina when you're a teenager and offer to be one of their weekend casuals because then you're catching lines, you're moving little boats around, you're fueling boats, you're, you're doing a whole bunch of different tasks in the marina. And that is a great way to start as well. Yeah, and you'll have to tell everyone a super yacht. What does that really mean? <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, yeah, there's classifications to different yachts. You have to be over 100 feet to be a super yacht. Wow. Mm, so it's biggies. That is biggies. That's yeah. life-changing for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's exciting about it. You can literally go down, especially in Europe, you can literally go down to the quay and say, I want to work on a super yacht. Obviously, brilliant if you do some training before you go but speckers have been known to literally go down and say can I work on your yacht and of course you've got free board free food getting paid amazing places that you get to go but you're working at the same time and you're learning so much so and I believe David said on my podcast David's from Super Australia that we're going to be short of something like 22,000 staff on Super Yachts in the next five years so there's a need too. Huge need. Mm. And why is there such a need in this market? Is it the lack of awareness like you mentioned or? No, it's more people buying super yachts. More people buying super yachts. <laughs> well, that's a great way to <laughs> look at the future of people diving in and, and really looking at that leisure side of life, of, yeah. of getting that balance yeah. as well. Yeah. So on that with balance, so you have multiple components. We've gone into the hospitality of where it all started. You built into the the marinas as part of your career. You now own two marinas as well. Uh, You spoke about the restaurant that you have as well. And I know that you've got Venus Getaways and Spilt Milk Bars. Yes. This is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It is a lot. But you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with, right? So, yeah, so... And, and by the way, I say that in social and work. Surround yourself with good people generally. So the, the, the teams that we have in our businesses are absolutely fantastic. And they have more skills in the areas that we need them to than we have. And we let them use those. And that's, that's the secret. You've got to motivate your team and you've got to encourage your team you've got to genuinely care and love your team as well because they're incredibly important people to you so we very I I certainly I'm I hug my I know we're not supposed to but I hug my team continuously yeah because they're part of my world very important part of my world absolutely I love that I love every component of that I think the teams that we build throughout our lives and throughout our careers in every different way they really are the fundamentals and the heartbeat to how you actually thrive as a leader yourself and so to be able to build an incredible team around you by investing in them and wanting the best for them and empowering them to make the right decisions for your business I think a helicopter's going over us right now (laughs) (laughs) all part of the character is 
so critical uh, to that longer-term success as well. So did you envision yourself having all these different businesses as an entrepreneur? Was that part of the plan? Gosh, no. No, no, not at all. No, it's it's all about opportunities that have come across our – come into our world and, and us assessing whether that is something – that is doable, make the numbers make sense, is something we have. You know, we when we first went into the boating industry, we didn't really even know much about the boating industry. And now Darren and I, so my husband and I, are true leaders in that space. Darren's the president of Icomia, for goodness sake. That's the He's like the president of the world in, in recreational boating. And that's – so I guess we're not – we don't do things half-heartedly, you know. If we're going to do something, we get into it and we do it and throw ourselves into it. And yeah. is this a it's a true team effort I'm hearing in your journey as well, that that partnership is there not just in life personally but professionally as well to, to really be that support for each other and to encourage each other out of your comfort zones to really follow your heart. Yes, he's been amazing in, in helping me get out of my comfort zone yeah yeah and I hope I we're rocks to each other I'd say that you know when he's having a a moment where he needs me I'm there for him and and vice versa I want to take a moment to introduce you to naturally gluten-free where lifestyle meets quality naturally gluten-free is a boutique bakery committed to crafting exceptional gluten-free products that are produced with high-quality natural ingredients and free from all additives and preservatives. When you are seeking to transform your menu or source a premium gluten-free product, Naturally Gluten-Free invites you to connect with them via their website, naturallyglutenfree.com.au. Over the years, how have you balanced that with raising a family? You've got two boys. I know they're a bit older now, but, you know, the being a true entrepreneur and multiple business hats on at all times, a full team, two children, how have you juggled life? <laughs> well, it's not balanced, is it? We know that. We're in, it, life is not balanced. balanced. No, it's not balanced. <laughs> and what I would say, and I had this discussion, we had this discussion at dinner one night with some fabulous women, Carly and... And Catherine and, and, and Geraldine, we had this fantastic discussion about allowing our men to be the A-types that they are. So when they're in the room, we allow them to be the A-types. What's really nice about how I've really evolved now is Darren actually recognises that. So when I'm doing a boat princess thing, in inverted commas, he will often not go because he wants me to be that version of me, not the the person that is behind him. That makes sense? That makes sense. So, so in different situations, we take on different roles. And I think that's important that you recognise that. And you don't – you can be a strong woman but still be, be the woman behind your husband sometimes. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. So so that is how I think we've balanced it. As for having children, my 
amazing, wonderful human beings that are now grown men, they have been the absolute top achievement of my life. And I was lucky enough because I was an entrepreneur to go to the concerts and and pick them up from school. I was always late, but I picked them up from <laughs> school. <laughs> and and then and then I'd work at ten thirty at night if need be, or have to go into work on Saturday. But Darren would be there for them on Saturday. So so it it it's just a case of literally juggling. And but being an entrepreneur and having your own business does mean you can sometimes make the choice of I'm going to be there, not there, and now I'm going to be there and not there. And the chaos sometimes is the energy that actually drives us to bring all that together. Exactly. <laughs> right. but, I, but I would say, you know, I have been able to be fortunate enough because I have worked so hard and achieved certain incomes on certain assets and so on and so forth that I've had cleaners and I've had housekeepers sometimes and I've had babysitters sometimes. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that I did it all myself. Again, I've surrounded myself with people to support me and I've had good girlfriends that have done that sometimes too. They've just, you know, what can I do? Oh, can you pick them up from school? Yes, I can. So again, surrounding yourself with good people is how you manage to do these things. Yeah, I agree. The community really is everything. It does take a village in the workplace, in the home life, raising children, even marriage. I think you need the the family support and everything behind you as well. So it is a, a very powerful thing that we all need to sit back and reflect and, and really know who those key people are in our life that we can call on and not hold back. I think it is important for everyone to know, to reach out because a lot of people actually need to hear you reach out so they'll do it in reverse as well exactly right yeah exactly right and tell me the boat princess Hmm. where did that come from (laughs) okay so uh, the boat princess my first big boat was a brand called princess my husband calls me princess oh that's very sweet (laughs) yeah and I just used it as a catchy name because everybody remembers it and it's it's just worked yeah and I do have people when when I'm wearing my boat princess jacket as sponsored by quality marine clothing always have to have a bit of advertising (laughs) Uh, people come up to me and say the boat princess what a great name what is this who is this what what is this about and so they want to know because it's a an interesting catchy kind of taking the mick out of myself a little bit as well name so it's kind of cool that is, I love it. I think it's just genuinely a lot of fun and I think it's being an advocate for someone that's really championing the boating industry, all about empowering women. It is definitely something to, to bring to the table and, and have a good laugh and, and just enjoy the journey that you really are not just enjoying for yourself but you're taking so many other people on as well. On that note, in the, a very short time I've known you over this last probably six to nine months, I have seen, whether it be at events, whether it be at dinners, whether it be connecting in general, that you are always putting others first. I have to dive into this and understand where does this passion come from in really helping others so much in your community? Well, first, thanks for saying that. That's a really nice thing to say. I, gosh, that's a, I'm a bit, yeah, a bit thrown by that because it's, it's a really nice thing to say. 
I truly mean it. It is something that has stood out very clear to me in a very short period of time. Yeah. Now, I, 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 I truly believe that I am here to lift other women, that I am here to – because if I, if I make somebody else feel good or if I make somebody else's world better or if I help somebody, or I, that, there's nothing that feels better than that. So it's actually for me that I do that because I feel good when I do it, but I, I I genuinely just want to see the world be full of happy, wonderful people. Um, and I want, I want them to enjoy the sort of moments that I've had in my career in the boating industry. I want, I want them to have that because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. So I want them to see that too. It, it really is. I think if, if more people could just get out and, and have a look and see this incredible world that we have out there and to be able to have people like yourself be able to share that with them, whether it be through business or personally, is, yeah, just an incredible way to give back and, and to really uplift everyone as well along their odysseys. Well, there's so many leaders out there today, you know, very much looking at that next generation if there was one piece of advice that you could provide to them as they're really embarking on their leadership journeys, what would it be? Ooh, gosh. I would, in terms of leadership, I think you have to lead by example. I lead by example and I don't ask my team to do anything I wouldn't do. There are some things I can't do because they've got the skill sets to do it and I haven't got the skill sets to do it. But I would, and I guess this comes back right to Mr. Coy in the Grosvenor House and Ritz days. He running a major department in a major hotel, but every now and then he would go down to the wash-up and he'd work with the wash-up team. And then he'd come back to the office. And I'd do the same thing. I'll walk into the bistro and I'll realise that there's an area, and it may be wash-up, that we're behind and I will just literally jump in and and do whatever's needed in that space. And I like to lead with passion and with and I like to motivate my team and I like to I want them to grow with us and grow with them. And I love to learn from them. I'm very curious. So I love to learn continuously and I love to to share my learnings with them as well and those sorts of things. But they can always teach me something. Definitely. And I I love that too. Mm. So but yeah, I always lead by example. I always lead by hard work. I don't I don't I don't expect which means I'm I have very high expectations of other people sometimes because <laughs> I work so hard. <laughs> I can resonate uh, with that. <laughs> but at the same time, yes, you might work hard, uh, but you are absolutely showing exactly what you can gain from doing that, not just for yourself, but in general for the community around you and so many career paths that can open up by you know that career progression and by that work ethic, uh, which is pretty special. 
I have to say, as this incredible journey comes to a close, just I, I think we've had a treasure trove of pure insights that's come from today. Your passion, resilience and love for boats has not only navigated you through the challenges, but you have illuminated the path for so many aspiring leaders and entrepreneurs moving forward. So thank you for today. It has been an absolute pleasure to be able to have wonderful conversation with you and I look forward to many more in the future. But yeah, generally, thank you so much for coming on Leadership Odysseys and I look forward to seeing this incredible summer ahead of us and what the boat princess is going to be up to out on the waters. Well, I'm off to Portugal next week, so... Life full of fun. (laughs) World Marina's Conference, baby, here we come. So, look, I just hope I've inspired some more people to get out on the water and some more women to come into our industry because that is what I'm all about. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you for joining us on this incredible odyssey. Until next time, lead with courage. Lead with heart and keep exploring the remarkable world of leadership. Enjoyed the journey? Hit the subscribe button, rate us and leave a review if our stories ignited your leadership spirit. Your feedback fuels our odyssey.